Simplified Chaos, episode 141. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to help you lead a more intentional life. This is Simplified Chaos. Welcome to Simplify Chaos. This is Jillian, and I'm with my co-host and husband, Nicholas. What's going on, folks? We hope you all are having an amazing week. We've got another great episode here here for you today. This is an interview episode. Jilly, who'd you sit down with this week? Oh, I sat down with Kate Saffel, and it was such a such a great conversation um to give you a little story on her she is a life and business coach for mamas she helps moms feel happier and create lives they freaking love she teaches how to live intentionally by your values change your mindset become a confident decision maker and create powerful growth in your life and business and in 2020 kate grew her business to six figures retired her husband, and hit the road full-time in an RV as a family of five with her corgi pup. And and it was only in under six months that all happened. Um, wow. She, she also hosts the Happier in Motherhood podcast. She offers different programs and coaching opportunities for women just to feel more confident in all the roles they fulfill. And we talk about so much, so much good stuff that I think everyone can resonate with. All right. Well, let's not drag this on any further and let's go ahead and dive into this episode. So grab your popcorn, keep your eyes on the road. And here we go. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the podcast. I am so happy you're here. Hey, I am so grateful to be here with you today. Um, So I think I first, I mean, obviously I found you in Instagram world and I, I'm one of those people, and I heard Jay Shetty say this. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jay Shetty, um, but he said that people dream in people to see if things are possible. And when I saw your feed and your messages and the way you write, I was like, I'm totally dreaming in Kate right now because you travel, you work. It just seems like this amazing quote unquote balance of everything you want, whether that's the truth or not. I know Instagram portrays one thing and real life is another, but you're very inspiring with what you post and what you say. And I'm just so fascinated by your life, your story, how you got to where you are today. Um, But before we start and dive into all that awesomeness, um, we always start with some gratitude. So if there's one thing you're grateful for today, what would that be? Well, I was going to say that I was really grateful to live by the ocean, but then like you just topped that with (laughs) your incredible words. I'm just so blown away. I've never heard about dreaming and people. And now I'm just, I just got the chills. So, (laughs) so grateful for your words, Jillian. And, um, yeah, about that ocean. So we, I'm sure this will all come out as we talk, but we've moved recently right by the ocean and it is my dream come true. Like I just kind of pinch myself a little bit that I can just go over to the beach anytime. And that is what I'm feeling super grateful for right now. Wow. That's amazing. Um, 
Well, um, I guess there's two things um, that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for that you are able to take the time and energy. I know you are a mama, an entrepreneur, all that, doing all the things, wearing all the hats. So the fact that you said yes, and you're taking an hour of your day to do this, I'm so grateful. And um, I'm also grateful. It is like 55 degrees here in Virginia, which is like out of the norm. Well, I think Virginia weather is just kind of like a roller coaster anyway, but I mean, we're outside, not wearing jackets, like sweating. I'm just like, this is amazing. This little pocket of warmness in the middle of pre-winter. So um, I'm soaking in all the sun right now and it's pretty nice. (laughs) That is amazing. We lived for several years in Indiana and I also grew up in Indiana. So believe me, I know like that, that cold weather and you get those little pockets of sunshine (laughs) and it is just like the most amazing thing. (laughs) And I'm sure you're getting lots of sun now that you're in Florida, right? all the vitamin D. Yes. It is so good for my soul and probably my body too. (laughs) Ah, uh, so I, I am just so fascinated by your story on how you got to where you are. So I don't like to tell people where to start, wherever you feel is like a good landing spot to start and share as much as you want. I would love to hear how you ended up being where you are today. Oh my goodness. Okay. Do you have (laughs) three hours? Let's go. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay. So gosh, let me think of where to start. Um, well, I typically start with where the whole travel life began. So for everyone listening, I travel full-time with my family. We live in a 35 foot fifth wheel. I have a four-year-old boy, a seven-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old daughter, a Corgi and a husband and a business. So there's like a lot happening in this tiny space and we've really created this life that we love, but it didn't just come out of nowhere, right? Like it wasn't uh, this overnight, I don't even want to say success story. I don't really love the word success, but like our own version of our dream life. And so when I, uh, I had a newborn, my, my middle daughter was a baby in 2014 And my oldest was, gosh, maybe like four. And we were just kind of stuck in that like suburbia, like doing the thing. We had the good jobs, Um, like everything looked right on paper. Yeah. And I, I was miserable. I was just depressed. Maybe some of it was, you know, postpartum depression, but really like, it was like my soul, my soul was really struggling with where we were. And you know, there was this synchronicity. I really like to think of it that way. Not a coincidence that I came across this video about a family that traveled full-time in an airstream. And we'll have to Jillian, if you are game for this, we'll have to link the video in the show notes because I like, even when I watch it today, I still get this like emotional pull to that original moment when I watched it. And it just expanded my concept of what was even possible for a young family, right? Mm. Like just completely blew my mind. And my husband at the time was working in the hospital system, doing work he didn't really love, but you know, that's just what, what you do. And he came home from work and I was like, honey, I have the most amazing idea. We are <laughs> going to travel full time and live in a camper. And he just looked at me. He was like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> have you snapped? Do we? <laughs> and so he did think I was a little crazy in that moment, but we just started talking about it. Right. Like as we do, I don't, you know, there's always like the one partner that's 
like the big dream or the, the kind yes. of the crazy one. And that's <laughs> honestly, Jillian, that's not typically me. Like mm. I'd always been kind of like the straight laced, like logical, like, no, we just need to do it this way. And it was really fun for me to take the reins on that. So all that to say 2014 had the idea. We took a few detours in the middle there, uh, job changes. We moved, we relocated to this cute little, um, small home, 675 square feet, uh, off of Lake Michigan. We did that for a few years, but we could tell like it was close and it wasn't the life that we wanted. And it's one of those things that sometimes you're just scared to really go all in and like do the thing. And so we were baby stepping our way in. We had another baby, you know, because it's always good to add another <laughs> child when you don't know what you're, <laughs> what you're doing with your, your lives. And then we finally hit that point where we were like, we have to do this. We cannot stop thinking about traveling. And so we sold our house at the beginning of 2018 and we left snowy Indiana. I had a 10 month old. I mean, it was, it was just wild and people thought we were crazy. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Can you, oh can my you- gosh. You guys are so bold. I'm just, when I hear those stories, it just motivates me to like do scary things. If I feel it in my bones, like this is what I'm supposed to do. So it's like, I'm applauding you. I, I, (laughs) the fact that you can, that I think it's sometimes so rare to find a couple, a partnership that goes together with it. I feel like there's, there might be one who's like, I don't, uh uh-uh, like you were saying that Mm -hmm. I can't do that. I can't take that risk. But the fact that you guys did that together just really speaks words about your partnership too. Mm. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, it took years, years of conversation, Mm -hmm. years of late nights, like, just like, this isn't working. I'm unhappy. I don't want to do this. Like just that pull between what you think you're supposed to do as an adult. Okay. And then what you feel inside that your life's purpose is, and not that travel was our life's purpose, but we knew that it was the vehicle to this next version of ourselves that we couldn't quite put our fingers on yet. Like we, we knew we were in the process of becoming something mm. and we needed to change the scenery to create that space. And so we traveled all of 2018, we went coast to coast and it was wild how in such a short amount of time, we had so many personal breakthroughs. Uh, we were listening to all the podcasts. We were reading all the personal growth books and having these like epic conversations. And it felt like we did like a decade of growth in like six months. Wow! It was just incredible. Um, and so we finished up that year in 2018 and we returned to Oklahoma city, which is where we spent a lot of our adult years. And we were there for about 18 months. But during that time that we were there, we kind of had a, a really, a really pretty terrible situation happened. So our oldest started exhibiting some medical like abnormalities, like just this thing that cropped up in her, her behavior started changing. She wasn't feeling good and we couldn't put our finger on what was going on. She was having terrible anxiety and we met with her doctor and we're trying to figure out what was going on. And we're like changing all of these things because, you know, as parents, it's so heartbreaking to see that there's something going on with your child and you just don't know what it is. And what we ended up discovering after a year of, of 
investigating and doing tests and all of the things was that we had mold in our rental house. Oh my God. And it was making her sick. So she had developed something called PANS, uh, which is pediatric acute onset neurological syndrome. And it's close cousin is Panda. So there's any parents listening. This is something that's becoming more and more. There's more awareness around it, but it was like abrupt neurological changes and her doctor is incredible, right? Like we just had this gem of a doctor that we loved. And she was like, when was the last time your daughter felt good? And I was like, well, it was when we were traveling full-time, we were in nature, national parks, state parks, just like wild exploring. And she's like, can you go back to that? Cause I think it might help her body heal. You got to get out of this environment. And so for me at, at this point, I had been working in my life coaching business for about a year and a half, and I didn't have like a ton of, of traction, but when I got that information from the doctor and I could see my daughter just changing in front of my eyes, I knew that we needed to make this change. And at that point, my husband didn't have work that could be done remote. It was kind of like all on me, you know? And so it was the, just like the most incredible thing that, you know, I set this intention in about March, 2020. So like coincided with the pandemic, every, you know, no big deal. Mm -hmm. Perfect. No big deal. I know. Right. Like, just (laughs) like, you know, grow your business while everyone in the world is losing their SHIT, you know, you feel free if you need to to curse this. It's an explicit Nick and I, yeah, we just, we're real. We, Oh, thank God. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm so glad. Um, so yeah, so I set that intention and I started doing all of the visualization work. I'm a big fan of Joe Dispenza and I was doing the meditations. I don't know if you're familiar. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And my husband was doing the same and I was able to grow my business dramatically in about six months enough so that my husband quit his job and we went back on the road. Mm. So that was end of August, 2020, our lease ended and we got back on the road full-time. And so we have been traveling since August, 2020. It's now what, December 2nd. And this is this next season of our life has been just doing family life together on the road. My daughter has completely healed. Like all of her symptoms are gone. And it was kind of like that reminder of you have to pay attention to what's best for your family and not what you think you should do because that's what other families do. And we had to learn that lesson so that we could be where we are now. Wow. So you were right. So many synchronicities and just situations just saying like this way, like, no, 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 you need to go this way. (laughs) We're going to pivot here. And it's so true. Like paying attention to the internal versus what the external is telling you. Um, (laughs) everything. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Just as I imagined, she like kind of stumbled out and, um, she's going to go lay down in my bed now. So this is just like tiny home life, you know, uh, where is your husband right now? So he has the two older kids. Um, I don't know. They went for a walk or they went to go 
ride bikes or something. Yeah. So they're out, but Oh my gosh. I know always navigating, passing the kids around for different work obligations and we just make it work. So besides your partner, do you have any other support systems where you are right now? Like, what does that look like? If like, let's say you and your husband want to go on like a date night or have alone time, like, what does that look like? Or how do you guys navigate that? Oh my gosh, that is such a good question. That has really been a sticking point for us, honestly, uh, with the travel life you're on your own. Um, it's a really independent way of doing things. And so when we have been out on the road, right. And so we've actually just recently landed in Florida and which has been amazing. And we're kind of building our community here, but when we were on the road date night really just looked like putting the kids to bed and hanging out together. Mm -hmm. Or if it was during the day, sometimes we would put on a movie for them and go for a walk or sit outside at the picnic table and have a cup of coffee together. I mean, it was, it's really, it, it kind of showed us that like early on in our marriage, we thought that dates meant like fancy dinner out movies, whatever, like the traditional. And again, it's, it's really just that time to connect and you can find times to connect when you're creative, like there, there mm. can be more frequent than you would think. Uh, but now that we're here, we're actually, we've made some friends, we're connecting with, um, some like-minded souls. And so we finally are building up this community where we have help That's with amazing. the children. Uh, it is so amazing. Yes. Yeah. You but f- other, mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh no, go ahead. Well, and I was going to say too, like, I think like physical support is so important like that is a huge part of it. We do have a lot of like emotional and mental support. Like, so people who aren't here with us, but are supporting us, cheering us on, you know, my husband and I both work with coaches, you know, we drink our own Kool-Aid. So, uh, <laughs> so to speak, and we have a really good support system of friends who, uh, believe in what we're doing and, and really help us through it. That, that's so important, even physically, if they're not there, just to have that community, that those cheerleaders that are like, keep going, like even through the hard stuff, it's like, you need that, that push, that motivation. Totally. Yeah. So yes. does your husband help you with coaching? Is he in the same line of work or is he just support you and your business? Yeah. So really for the first year, he was stay at home dad. He had worked, he was like kind of the traditional 40 to 60 hours of work a week, dad outside the home. And he missed out on so much. It was like, okay, he can come home and maybe do bedtime. Yay. Dad's home to do bedtime. And it was just so heartbreaking for us for years. And so that really was part of the motivation to change things up. So thankfully he has been stay at home dad for the last year. He's uh, homeschooled the kids. He's an incredible cook. So I have super benefited. I actually I don't know. I cooked something the other day. I think I posted it to Instagram French toast and I burned it. And he was like, (laughs) did you forget how to cook? And I'm like, well, you know, I did it. Listen, I cooked all the meals for like a decade and I've taken the last year off and it's, it has been incredible. So gosh, that's so uh, cool. You guys swap roles. And I love hearing those type of relationships where you just step into where you're needed and just, you know, you got to learn, you know, (laughs) you do. And it like, it wasn't easy. Like we had a lot of hard conversations. We got in fights. Um, It's very different in our culture to swap roles like that. Um, So communication was key and we did not always do it perfectly. Like 
there were some tense moments over the last year for sure, but, you know, we got into our rhythm and then, uh, toward the end of this past summer, he actually started coaching men because, you know, I, I coach primarily women mothers. And so often I get asked like, Hey, can you recommend a good guy life coach? And I'm like, no, I actually don't know of very many. Um, there's just not as many as there are female coaches in the industry. And we really saw a need. And so my husband got certified and now he has been, you know, taking care of, of the men who come into his life, who really need that support. Would you say he was motivated by you or is it something that you saw like his passion towards that originally, or did he just kind of like become fascinated because of your work? All of the above. (laughs) Yeah. So he started working with a life coach last year himself. And that was transformative because I don't think he was really on board with it. Like he was supportive of what I was doing, but I don't know that he fully understood it until he had that experience of that level of support and motivation. And he realized that what he had been feeling like, again, as, as a man, and this is not all men, but stereotypically men don't have a lot of support and they aren't encouraged to talk about their feelings. They aren't encouraged to share what they're really thinking. They're supposed to kind of like man up and grin and bear it and just do the thing. And what we've seen is that a lot of men are just like emotionally closed off. Yeah. They've shut down because they haven't been provided that space to be who they really are and to explore that. And so once he experienced that, he was like, well, if I can do this for other men and maybe take some of that stigma away and, and create that space as well as help them reach their big, scary ass goals, then I will be able to create more impact in the world, which was something he was lacking with just doing the stay at home dad thing. Wow. Mm, I'm getting goosebumps over here. This is crazy. Your journey is amazing. Um, I love it. Okay. Um, and I, I'm, I feel like I'm getting an idea of what you guys value at as a, as a family. And I'm sure you have these conversations. It sounds like you guys communicate a lot. What would you say I'm just fascinated by like what you guys value as a family. Cause I feel like those established values kind of help direct you and make it, they streamline your life to make decisions yes. easier and to let go of the bullshit, the clutter, the stuff that's in the way. Mm-hmm. So what would you say like your values are maybe individually or as a family? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say the biggest one has been togetherness as a family. Like we, that's probably the number one is having that time together because we know we can't get it back. Right. It's like we can create things, we can create money, like those things will come and go, but to have that time with our children when they're young, we really felt that when we were doing the traditional life. So togetherness is probably our top one. And then another one is life learning. We homeschool our kids and we have had the most epic experiences traveling around the U S and kind of moving out of that traditional way of thinking about schooling and allowing ourselves to view learning education as something that we're just doing all the time every day. I love that so much. Um, we're probably going on the homeschooling path. I was a teacher for 12 years and Uh I saw a lot in, in the system. Oh my gosh. Um, and I was feeling this need, like, I love the children, but I was like, we shouldn't be teaching this. We should 
be going a different uh-huh. direction. A lot of things that I wanted to implant. And I was like, it wasn't my decision. Like I'm not their parents. I'm like, and I could just feel this, this drawl of just like changing the way we educate kids. And unfortunately it just, there wasn't a lot of freedom to do that in public education. So I, I'm going to ask you oh, some yeah. questions about this. Do you guys use a curriculum mm-hmm. or do you guys just kind of go with the flow and just yeah. kind of dive into what the kids are interested? I'm so fascinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we do a little bit of everything. We do have some curriculum, but we don't, uh, we don't do it every day. Yeah. It's kind of like when we feel the need to do by the books, we do by the books. Um, we use some online resources. We also will just go to the library and get like 40 books. Uh, <laughs> we tend to check in with our kids and ask them like, Hey, what are you interested in learning about this week? And let them fully deep dive into it. Um, we do require that they do math and reading. every day, but like what that actually looks like, we give some flexibility, um, because we can see that they're growing and they're learning. Uh, and like you, I actually taught for a decade higher ed. So I was at like the opposite end of the spectrum and I had to do a lot of deconditioning in myself. Um, I was really hard on my oldest when she was little and I first started homeschooling and she didn't start reading right away. Like, you know, kindergarten, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's like ridiculous, (laughs) but (laughs) And she's reading now she's reading at like an eighth grade level, but it was hard to go through that because of what we are taught schooling should look like. And so as we've released some of those beliefs, we've seen that our kids are thriving even more because they have the freedom to explore what they love. And now education's not a burden. It's not a box to check off. Wow. Yeah. Like life is the, I feel like the best teacher and the fact that you guys get to be there and you know, your kids so well, it's like, you guys can ebb and flow with them. Um, that's, that's amazing to hear. I love hearing positive homeschooling stories because there are some you hear, I feel like they're more of, um, they're more of just stories like, Oh, you can't socialize. You're not really socialized when you're homeschooling. And I'm like, where do these even come from? I feel like it's just so the opposite. Um, with some of the, I don't know, they, they don't sound like truths to me from the experiences I've seen and heard, but um, that's amazing yeah. to hear how you guys are like ebbing and flowing together and three kids. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy day to day. Like it, I think I told you before we started recording, it's like this living version of Tetris because my husband and I are just like volleying the responsibilities and the kids and all the tasks back and forth. And we just kind of flow through our days and it works for us, but yeah, it is kind of it's kind of crazy, but it's a crazy that we love. <laughs> ah, so since you brought that up about your days, do you have a specific rhythm? Like what does your typical day look like? Like, how do you input like time for you time for business? Um, like when yeah. do you play with the kids? I would love to hear. And I know not every day is the same, but I guess your kind of structure or rhythms that you put in place to kind of have those mm-hmm. boundaries to get things, I don't know, to be totally. your version of productive, right? <laughs> totally. Yes. And I've really had to do the work to also redefine what, uh, being productive even looks like, you know, because when I first started my business, I wanted to work like eight hours every day. Like I had that like panic, like I'm going to fail if I don't work all day, every day. And so I really like leaned back a lot in my business. So kind of right now, what our schedule looks like, and it's, it's like fluctuated, you know, over the last year and a half as we've traveled and there's been different needs, but, um, I generally, coach from about 11 AM to say two or three in the afternoon. So I do typically like two or three coaching calls per day. I have a group uh, that I coach on Mondays. So Mondays tend to be kind of like bigger days, but 
I start my morning with the kids. Like we do homeschool, we do breakfast, we get them going on their homeschool. And then that's when I tap into work. But by the time I get to work, I've already done my own morning routine. So I'm up typically like somewhere between five and six. And I will just say anyone listening, cause I know this comes up, like you don't have to wake up that early. I just happen to be an early riser. So that's, that's natural for me. But if that's not your thing, don't let that, don't let that become something in your head. I coach a lot of women on this. They're like, I can't get up at five. And I'm like, don't worry about it. It's not necessary, but it just, it works for me to do like my mindset work and I meditate. I might go for a walk and then I'm in a pretty grounded place by the time my kids wake up. So we do that afternoon. I coach and then like mid to late afternoon, we might go to the pool or go to the beach or go do a hike or go do something as a family. And then we come back home and sometimes my husband will do a little work in the evening. Sometimes we just hang out. Sometimes if I have things to catch up, I might work, but it really is more of a flow and a rhythm versus like we have this tight schedule that we follow to the minute. That's amazing. Um, and yeah. I'm also fascinated by, I know you have three kids. What have, what changes have you seen in them just being in a smaller space? I know you can't have as much stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, we are all pro like less things, like more time, yes. more energy, more money, more freedom. So I'm just curious what changes you've seen in your children in the environment you live in and how you guys live your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we have been in the minimalism world for like a decade now, right? And we've gone <laughs> yeah. into different seasons of it. Um, it's looked you know, it's changed from like home to home we've lived in and when we've been traveling and not traveling. So I have a pretty good grasp of the impact. And I would say overall, my kids tend to be just a lot happier and calmer with less stuff, with less responsibilities. They don't have, um, you know, separate bedrooms that they have to clean and keep track of all these things that they may not even play with or want. There's less overwhelm. Um, and by living this way, we don't have as many traditional responsibilities. So we're not like mowing the yard, doing lawn work, you know, like fixing the roof. I don't know what are like the things we've, we've always had old houses that were super needy. So like those, those things kind of broke us. We're like, Oh, home ownership is just the worst, but you know, we don't, we don't spend time on those things and it's really freed us up as a family so that we can have more conversations, read books together, go explore adventure, whatever it is that we have on our hearts to do. Mm -hmm. And so I know my kids sometimes are like, Oh, I want to live in a regular house and I want my own bedroom. And I'm like, you weren't happy last time we did that. You just forget. And they look to what other people do you know, how they see other kids living and it's, it's understandable. I compare, you know, as a mom, I'll compare my life to other people's. And we also know that this is what is really serving us on a deep level right now. Yeah. And the really cool thing is that this is like their, their norm, like they're going to grow up thinking like, Oh, we traveled and we did this. And I know Nick and I have had these conversations because how we celebrate Christmas is totally different. We don't do a lot of gifts. We do a lot of experiences, travel, and we're like, Lucille's going to grow up seeing all these kids with all these presents. And we're going to be like, wait, what are they doing? I'm like, well, they celebrate (laughs) a little different. So it's kind of cool 
to do different, but for a purpose. And the fact that you see the benefits in your kids and you have those conversations with them now, I mean, that's, that's so magical that they get to experience that now and learn these valuable lessons that I feel like it took me until I was in my thirties to learn. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, one question that I wanted to ask you, we just did a reflecting episode and I'm so fascinated by challenges, mistakes, because I feel like there's so many pivotal moments and growth in those lessons. Yes. So what was one of your biggest challenges this year? Oh my gosh. So are we getting like, are we getting real, real right now? <laughs> as real as you want to be. I mean, <laughs> it's however. Totally fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, I really had to think about, I'm like, okay, which challenge do I want to share? Because <laughs> entrepreneurship, traveling, like it's hard, like it is really freaking hard. Um, so we, let me think earlier this year, we were traveling from like January to March. We had to go take care of some family things. And so we went to visit family in Indiana. And then after that, we went and stayed with friends on their land in Oklahoma for about two months. And it was not good for us, not because of the friends, like it was amazing to be in community, but it brought up a lot of shit for me about like, what is normal, like social norms. I'm like living in a camper on my friend's land. We weren't traveling. We weren't moving. It didn't feel good. And it started to impact my business results. Mm. And now remember, like I'm the main support for my family. So like, if my mindset isn't good, if I'm not energetically feeling good in my body and with my life, it directly reflects in my business results, which is, you know, such a wonderful thing to, <laughs> to have like manifest so easily. You're like, damn it. I'm already feeling bad. And now my business is you know, like <laughs> doing bad. And so may May, 2021, I had my lowest month I had in a year and it really scared me. And my husband, Kirk and I were fighting a lot and we were like, okay, what the hell do we do? And I was like, you know what? I have to go back to where I feel good, which is I, we have to get back on the road. Like this is just a necessity that we start traveling again. And that was kind of a scary thing to do because our finances were feeling tighter and traveling in some ways can be a cheaper lifestyle. And also when gas prices are high, it can be in, in incredibly, you know, yeah, a little bit more, a little bit pricier to do that. And so, yeah, we like booked up our travel and we're like, you know what, we're just going to go for it. Like we just need to get back on the road and see what happens. And it was one of those things where I had to like fully surrender to the situation, to everything that had happened to trust myself that my intuition was leading me in the right direction, not second guess. And we have the most epic summer of travel. Mm -hmm. Like I just cried happy tears <laughs> all the time. My kids are like, mom, are you okay? <laughs> What's going on? Mom? Like, I'm just so happy because I had gotten back to what felt right for me. And for like anyone listening, you got to listen to yourself and what feels best for your body, your family, your needs, because it may not look like your neighbors. And sometimes we don't realize that till we're like deep in the funk. And mm. then that's the wake up call to change things. And so by the time July rolled around, I was feeling so good. My business boomed, like just epically boomed. And it was amazing. And it was a good turn of events. But when we were in the thick of that, like in May, 
I genuinely didn't know what was going to be next. And that felt really scary. So it's kind of one of those things that like we go through these challenges when you pick a life that is, is different, there are more risks and there's more rewards. And so we have to always remember that sometimes we're in that reward phase and sometimes we're in the risk and things are not going the way that we want, but ultimately we're learning from the failures and then we just keep moving forward. And that's how we continue to create the lives that we do want. Wow. Um, well, during your funk, as you like to call yeah, it, what, funk. <laughs> besides like, it sounded like you were just feeling pretty static and stuck almost that you needed to move. What else besides, I mean, the act of travel, I know just lights up my soul as well. So I can totally relate to that. What else besides travel helps you like prime your mindset to keep going like mm-hmm. it's podcast books. And it sounds like your life coach is a big proponent, like a component yeah. of that as well. Yes. Like what does that system look like to help your mind? Just like to keep that good vibes going. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I don't know if anyone listening to this is familiar with human design or if you are Jillian, yeah. but I really love human design and I'm a manifesting generator with a sacral authority. So what that means is that I'm designed to follow the yeses and I'm designed to listen to what lights me up. And I get a very clear, like, yes, like, yes, this is right for me. And no, this isn't right. And so the ways that I keep that like energy moving is through obviously doing mindset work. I'm I'm huge on really the awareness around my thoughts. I do a lot of visualization and meditation. Those things help me to kind of keep my mind primed toward the life that I want also movement. So I have found that when I am like in a scarcity mindset, I'm feeling scared. I want to go really into the masculine energy and I want to like, just do the things and crank out the work and I'm exhausting myself and I'm tired and I'm not listening to my body. So that's when I kind of know I need to slow down. I need to rest. I love to dance like, uh, like intuitive, just it doesn't matter how I look. I'm just going to move my body and shake all the shit out. Like Elaine Bennis. I don't know if you watch Seinfeld, but when I see her dance, I'm like, yeah, oh that's probably God. what I look like. It's just a complete <laughs> crazy person with thumbs flying, legs kicking out. It's, it's, I know. I think that when I first started doing it, my kids were like, what is, what is mom? What's going on with mom? Um, but I do something called the class with Taryn Toomey. Oh, and I've heard of that. I yes. freaking love it. Yes. I highly recommend it. They do like a two week trial or whatever. Not, not sponsored or anything. I just, <laughs> it is like really changed my life because it mixes, you know, dance, physical movement and like mindset work. And so that's another way that I can create a release when I'm feeling really stagnant in my energy. Oh, awesome. Um, I'm doing yoga right now. I was like a I did a lot of high intensity stuff and then it was like effing up my hormones like crazy, Uh stressing out my body, Uh couldn't get pregnant. Um, And now I'm just straight yoga, which was so hard for me to do. It was so difficult for me to slow down. And Mm -hmm. now -hmm. that I'm doing it, I'm like, all right, I feel like I can tiptoe back into something a little bit more upbeat now because I'm craving it in my body. So that's good to know because I've like been trying to seek out all right, what's next? Because yoga is great, but I'm ready to like step it up a little bit. <laughs> you will love it because their okay. yoga is part of it. Nice. Um, it's just a mix of like all of the best modalities and you can really pace it, man. They should like hire me because I'm <laughs> like totally selling it right now. But I think you, I think you would love it. Oh, okay. Good. That's so cool to hear. Okay. Um, well, thank you for sharing, um, yeah. that challenge. I feel like there's a lot of people who can just relate to moments like that. It may look different 
Um, but I'm sure it feels very similar where you just like something is just like, this doesn't feel right. Um, I just need to move, try something new. And I feel like it's all about experimentation. Like you're not really sure if it's going to work, but it's better than not doing anything. Just try and. Yeah. And I think too, like what I've seen in myself and I see in other people is that we get almost afraid to try because we don't want to look different from those around us. We don't want to show that we're struggling. Like it's not sexy to fail. Like everyone wants the shiny image of what their life looks like. And so it can feel really isolating when you are going through a hard time and you look around, you see other people are like, well, everyone else seems to be okay. Like what's wrong with us, but it's actually really common. Like I, because I work with families, I work with moms, I see the struggle and it's way more common than anyone would think. It's just people do a really good job of hiding it. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. fully, um, yeah, this is why I really like diving into, I guess, quote unquote, the ugly parts, even though I see the beauty in it, but I like yeah. hearing other people share, like, you know, the struggles, the the ups, the downs, because life is not just like this linear path. It's just like this crazy oh, no. roller coaster. Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, okay, we're going down again. Great. Yay. <laughs> Remember this. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I want to mention this because I, the one episode I listened to, I listened to a couple, but it was about yeah. living a purposeful life. And I just wanted to highlight some of the things you said because I was just like, yeah, I got to write this down. Like, this was oh. really good. I, I, first off, I love how you just broke it down to the simplicity of just like, there's three steps, mm-hmm. slow down, yeah. which I was just like, amen. Um, unrushing my life has led to so many changes. And I was just like, you're like, create space to think, ask questions, you know, um, yes. question the yes. narrative, uh, um, connect to your needs and desires. And I was just like, Hey, fucking men to that. I just, <laughs> I, I think yes. the whole slowing down your life is just, I got to talk about that more because I feel like it's something that is such a simple act, but it takes so much work and mm-hmm. it's so uncomfortable to be by mm-hmm. yourself or just to have time or to feel bored. But when I heard yes. you say that was first step, I was like, yes, yes. yes. Kate, you so, are my person. <laughs> I love this. I love this. So I was coaching one of my clients a few days ago and she's made some changes in her life. So she has a little bit more free time and she's like, okay, Kate, like, well, what do you do when you have free time? <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> sometimes I lay in my bed and I just stare at the ceiling and I just lay there and I just allow my thoughts to wander. And she was like, you can do that. Like you don't feel lazy. Cause that's right. Like that's what we say to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, Yes. In the past hundred percent would have not been able to lay there because of the discomfort of, I should be doing something. And now I've realized that I have to create that white space. Otherwise I can't keep doing the things that I do. Like we need the white space so that we can be creative and serve others and show up in the ways that we want. And I feel like it's such a great lesson and you're probably such a great role model for your children. The fact that they get to see that they get to see you like, you know, be creative or just be there and just sitting like you're not on your phone scrolling or you're not, you're not always busy. And I think about like the best moments that I see with my daughter, Lucille is when 
Like she's just with herself and she's just like, you can just tell, like she's figuring things out. I'm not sure what her internal dialogue is Mm -hmm. just like, how can I use that toy in a different way? Or like, what am I going to do with my Barbies? That's going to be different from yesterday. And like seeing her in, in the open space, like it's a motivator for me to get more of that as well, because I see how she lights up and she just thrives but it's really uncomfortable. Like when you've been go, 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 like your whole life oh, and uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. Um, but yeah. And you said something else that I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just like, this is good. I'm such a big part, like a note taker. I have a journal Aww. and I like Google notes. I'm like, all right. I take notes when I listen to podcasts, <laughs> like a nerd. I love it. I I'm a nerd too. So it's all good. Oh, but you said your life pace will always match your internal dialogue. And I was like, mm. that's so true. Mm-hmm. It's like the, whatever you're telling yourself, like that's, it's, it aligns. So mm-hmm. it's almost yes. like the internal dialogue. It's like, I feel like the internal work is so much more important and it's not talked about. It's not taught. It's uh, yes, anyway, yes. I just wanted to highlight that. Cause I was just like, yes, yes. And yes. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like, it's not sexy to do the inner work. Yeah some people make it look sexy, but for most of us, we're like, this is fucking hard. Like I have kids, I have a home, I have a life. And now I need to do all this work to deconstruct my thoughts and how they're impacting my days. So it is a lot. And I recognize that, but also it's like, when you are willing to face that, this is how you create your own source of joy. It's how you find your purpose. It's how you live the life that you're actually meant to live, but you have to slow down and and pay attention. Mm. And it was kind of funny. One of my biggest achievements that I talked about was, and I was like, it was all internal. I'm like, I had an identity calling, like, who am I? I left my job. Um, What's my purpose? What's my worth? And I was like, my biggest achievement, quote unquote, was processing that. And it wasn't anything to show for. It was like all inside. So and Nick was just looking at me like, that's deep. And I'm like, well, I'm just telling you, there's a lot going on in my head right now. So true. Oh my gosh. That is amazing though. Oh, okay. So, um, we're about to come full circle. Um, yes. And I feel like we hit so many great, amazing topics. I do want to know what are you currently working on right now that you're like super enthusiastic about? Oh, okay. Yeah. So right now what I'm doing is working on my group coaching program for moms called the purposeful moms club. And this is something that I really developed out of my own struggles, right? Like out of all of the pain that I experienced as I tried to work through where I felt stuck. And I wanted to create a space, like a safe, supportive, motivating space for moms to do the growth work alongside their families. And so we're actually getting ready to enter the third round starts in January. And I've been changing up a lot of it. Like, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I've learned and grown so much. And so (laughs) that's what I like. That's just where my head is right now is like, how can I make this even better, more supportive and just create those transformations for the women that I serve? Oh, that's so, I mean, these women must be, there's, they're in good hands. Let's just say that. Like it must be an amazing experience to have your wisdom and that you get to input your own learnings and as life changes and evolves. Wow. That's really exciting. Well, and this, the secret is, is that like, it's just as good for me as it is for them. Like that's, that's kind of like the secret thing for coaches is that 
we're doing the growth work alongside our clients and it's like, it's mutually beneficial. So yeah, I look forward to it. Ah, I can completely align just being a teacher. It's like you're Uh growing, but I am, I'm learning a lot right now. Like like, that just landed like, (laughs) wow, I said that. (laughs) Oh, um, so I'm a huge person on quotes. I I, like write them everywhere. I'm always, um, if there is like a quote that resonates with you in this season of life, what would that be? Mm, Yeah. So I have one up on my wall right now that came from a training that I did in October that just like kicked my ass. And this is the quote to fly as fast as your thoughts. You must know you've already arrived. And that's from Jonathan Livingston Siegel. It's a novella by Richard Bach. I highly recommend you can like find it online if you just search for it. But why that is speaking to me right now is that it really speaks to that if you can think something up in your mind, if you have a thought or a vision for something, it's already done. You can fly as fast as your thoughts, but you have to first believe that it's possible. So I've really been like kind of going through some painful growth as I'm stepping into my next level. And so that thought has been, that quote has been really supportive. Wow. And that is the hardest part is just telling yourself it's possible and believing it and mm-hmm. finding totally. people who are, who are living the way that you're like, I can see myself in that role. And like, that's like you, like, I feel like I, yeah. I get this magical gift through the podcast of like seeking out individuals where I'm like, that's amazing that they're doing that. And that's possible. And I'm learning in these conversations, like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Or I didn't think about like that step, or I I don't know. I I feel like I'm always learning from people who are living in a way that I'm like, I could totally see myself doing something like that. Um, that's a beautiful quote. Yeah. Okay. So we are also big on action. Um, I know action is, is everything too. like mindset. Yes. Action has to happen as well. So Mm -hmm. if, if you could think of a small actionable step that has helped you live a more intentional and happier life, what would that be? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have like a million to name, but I think that that would be overwhelming. (laughs) I'm like, okay, you could do this. You can do three. This this is going to work. No, it's okay. Okay. So this is the one that I would say, like when I first started out on like really just paying attention to what was happening in my life, like when I started waking up to what I was creating, the big thing that really helped me the most was starting my day with a brain dump. So like I would just get out my journal and whatever like funk was coming to the surface, things I was worried about, fears, thoughts, I would write it all down. And then I would just look at it and I would ask myself, is this really true? Are these things true? Like this kind of garbagey stuff that's coming up. And do I want to live my day according to this? Mm -hmm. And so that was like that initial awareness of what was happening in my head and how it was influencing my actions. And from that, like it's when everything really started to change. Is this something that you do consistently or is it just when you're feeling like I need to get this out of my head and just Mm. write it down? So initially, yes, I would do it every single day as part of my journaling. So I would do a brain dump. I would then shift some of the thoughts and like, see where I could kind of tweak them and find something that felt more aligned. Mm. I would do my gratitude. So every single day, like fill just a whole sheet with gratitude and not just like writing, like, you know, like I love my house. I love my kids. Like I would 
pull up the emotion of gratitude. Cause if you don't feel it in your body, it doesn't do its job. And there's more science to that, but that's just all I'm going to say about that right now. I do the gratitude. And then I would make a list of all the things that I am looking forward to that I was viewing as already done. So like, uh, what I'd call a joyful and expectant list, all the things that I was actively creating in the future. Mm. I love hearing people's uh, journal techniques and I feel like mine's evolved and changed. So it's, oh, yeah. it's it always gives me more ideas on, um, I don't know, on topics to hit or what I'm feeling. And um, mentioning the gratitude thing, it's funny. I'm going to mention Jay Shetty again yes. because I soak yes. up his podcast a lot. He said something about the gratitude and how if you're not sharing it, you don't actually feel it. So I've started and I've just started one of the things on my gratitude list, it has to be like either sending a message or calling Mm. somebody and actually delivering it. And it is a different Mm. feeling like, damn, I felt really good to do that. I need to start incorporating that more often because you're right. It is like the feeling and, you know, the emotion you put out through it. So that was Mm -hmm. like that. You said that. I love that. Yeah. And I just try to be conscious of my words So I will throughout my day, I'm just like, I love this. I'm so grateful for this. And to some people, they may be like, what, like, what is she smoking? But it has changed my life. So guess what? Like you should probably just do it too. Right. Uh, I'm not a crazy person. I'm like, even if it's raining, I'm like, it's a beautiful day. And they're like, it's miserable. And I'm like, Lucille, like, you know, so now like, she's like, even no matter what the weather is, it's a beautiful day today. Is it? And I'm like, yes, it's worth it. It's a choice. It's always a choice to be happy and grateful. And we can choose to be in the funk and the negativity, or we can, we can choose. And it's not perfect, right? Like I have bad days where I'm like, nope, I don't feel grateful today. I feel really shitty and that's okay too. It's part of the human experience. I'm glad you mentioned that because I know the whole positive vibes thing. It's like, no, there's, there's going to be moments where you you feel like shit and you you do, you do process that and get it out, brain dump it and look at it. (laughs) I know I feel about that. Um, but no, it's so true just to, to be open to feeling all the feels of it. Yeah. All of it. Oh, Kate, I wish we had like a bajillion more hours because I feel this like been amazing. so much wisdom has poured out of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And if anybody out there wants to connect with you, what is the best way to do that? Yeah. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram at happier in motherhood. And my podcast is also called happier in motherhood. And because I don't know how to change my URL, my website <laughs> is <laughs> It's the streamlinedlife.com. That was like just my old business and brand. I feel like it still kind of applies, but yeah. So, so those are the homes. Yeah. Those are the homes that you can find me at if you want to connect. Yay. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it with our interview with Kate. We hope you enjoyed this one. And if you like this episode, please do us a favor and help us spread the message. You can do this by writing review or simply by sharing this episode with a friend. And remember, sharing sparks a conversation, conversation leads to action, and action is how we're able to live a happy and intentional as hell lifestyle. We want to thank you all for listening today, and we will see you again next week. See y'all later.